You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Why is it so hard to say, I'm sorry? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Doug Wachesik. Mr. Wachesik is the founder and spokesperson for the Sorry Works Coalition, a nonprofit group that includes doctors, lawyers, insurers, and patient advocates who promote full disclosure and apologies as a solution to the medical malpractice crisis. Doug Wachesik, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Why is it so hard for doctors to say, I'm sorry? I think there's a couple of reasons. First, you know, you go back to medical training. When doctors are in medical school, when they're in residency programs, it's not uncommon for people above them in the feeding chain, if you will, to really beat them up and in many ways mentally and emotionally abuse them uh, when they make mistakes, when they do things that don't work out. And, you know, there's this perfection complex that is just drilled into doctors that, you know, you, you, either you're perfect or you're a bad person. I've had more than a number of physicians share that with me, that there's just a real punitive nature to how they were trained. And you, you take that and then combine that with when they get out of training and they, you know, put on the white lab coat and they're off in practice, they then have the, these risk managers and defense attorneys and hospital administrators and insurance people say, hey, look, you know, our policy is as an insurance company, as a self-insured hospital, if you make a mistake, you get away from that patient or family. You just give us a call and get out of the theater. Don't don't talk to them. Cut off communication, phone calls, emails. Don't return them. So you've got this docs by their very nature because of how they're trained. When there's a mistake, the first instinct is to kind of draw back and recoil because they don't want to be stung. Uh, so then you combine that with all this bad advice, all this bad risk management advice they've been getting for the years, and that just kind of reinforces uh, all those bad feelings. So it, it should be no surprise that you know typically. Uh, most physicians, you know, they just they just kind of recoil. And then there's this whole, throw on top of that whole lawsuit crisis and all the stuff that's talked about there. It's just docs just are, are scared out of the pants. And probably the last thing is they were never trained how to do it. Just because uh, a person can uh, ace organic chemistry and, and, and understand physiology and, and make diagnosis doesn't make them a good communicator. You know, uh, being a good communicator, especially when the chips are down, when there's problems, when you have an adverse event, that takes a little bit of training, takes a little bit of knowledge, and, and, and docs don't get that training, and unfortunately up to today most insurance companies and hospitals haven't given it to them. Give us a crash course. How do you do it? It takes several steps. Uh, first, again, what we always talk about is doing apology and disclosure and the auspices of a program, You know, doing uh, sorry works within a programmatic setting where a hospital, a insurance company, or a hospital and insurance company working together have developed a program where they're like saying, hey, this is, this is our approach. Like University of Michigan, the VA, uh, Kaiser, these different facilities that are saying, hey, to our, our docs, this is how we're going to do it. When it comes down to how you actually do it, you've got this program, you had an adverse event, you've done an investigation, you, you found that we made an error here, you know, we need to go talk to this family and disclose them what happened. There's several things to keep in mind. The first thing physicians need to keep in mind is not about them. You know, I've heard more than a number of docs give apologies, quote-unquote, where it's, you know, they say something to the effect of, oh, God, I'm so sorry. You'll, you have no idea what this will do for my career. You know, no one's going to refer to me. I just, oh, you know, I, I, you know, you feel horrible, but I feel really horrible. That's a lousy apology. It's not about you, doc. It's not about you at all. The other thing I always do when I give presentations, I talk to physicians and medical groups. I kind of, I always ask people in the room, think about 9-11. Everybody in the room can tell me where they were when the planes hit the towers. Because that's a, that's, a, that's a memory that's burned in your mind, something we'll all take to the grave. Well, an adverse medical event 
like a 9-11 for a patient or family. They'll remember everything that's said to them. They'll remember how the doctor's expression on his or her face, you know, how, the, how they treated the family, all this and that. So you've got to choose your words carefully and think about how that's going to be received by the patient or family. So, you know, those are the first two things. You've got to have the right framework in mind. It's not about, it's not about me as a doctor, and I've got to think about what I'm going to say and how I'm going to deal with these people and, and work with them in a positive fashion. So that's the start. Going forward, then you sit down in that meeting uh, with these people, and it's a step-by-step process. Again, you've got to you got to think about them. You've got to have a place, a neutral meeting place where you can meet with them, something that's comfortable for them. It could be the hospital. It could be their home. It could be their church. It could be a, a local restaurant. It could be a hotel where you sit down and meet with them. You know, have a place where they can sit down that's comfortable for them. Uh, any special needs they have are met. Uh, there's food. There's napkins. There's, there's tissues. All sorts of just, you know, you want to think of everything you can to make these people feel comfortable. And then basic four elements of how you apologize to somebody. There's four elements we like to talk about. One is the I'm sorry. Two, it's the I made a mistake, the omission of fault. Number three is the explanation of what happened, you know, and how you're going to try to make amends so it doesn't happen again. And then fourth, the discussion of compensation, asking questions to the patient family. How is this going to change your lifestyle? What is this what is this injury or what does this death mean to you? And how can we make this right by you as an institution? Those are all the four elements of apology that need to be into it. And like, like your question said, that is a crash course. I, I, you know, I give an entire presentations on how to walk through all those steps and how to deal with patients and families and all the emotions and thoughts that go into that. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me today is Doug Wachesek discussing the Sari Works Coalition. The focus is on the patient and family and how badly they feel. What about the doctor who was responsible for the bad outcome? Sure, there needs to be support for that person as well. Because, you know, when you have a, an adverse event, when you have an adverse event that was caused by error or breach of standard of care, it's not only the patient or family that, get, that gets hurt, it's also uh, the provider or providers. I mean, there's usually many people involved in the process, and just not doctors, there's nurses, there's technicians, all those folks feel bad and they need support uh, and they need to know that the institution is behind them. Uh, they need to know uh, that they can get the support they need, you know, which, which in many ways is kind of grief counseling. It strips away their identity and, and takes away in their mind everything they thought they were, you know, which is, a, you know, a, a somebody who's on top of their game all the time, per- perfect and this and that, and that just kind of brings them down to, you know, reality in a, in a hard way. And they need support. And that's, again, that's why we really, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but we really stress the development of, of programs. Because when you have an apology and disclosure program, one of the pieces of the puzzle is having support services for providers, be they doctors, be they nurses, be they technicians who have to go through the disclosure process because they need help. And, uh, you know, the way it's set up right now, you know, where, where you have deny and defend and no one talks, you know, doctors and nurses suffer silently. I've heard uh, many stories of, you know, depression, ruined, uh, ruined practices, ruined families, and yes, even suicides, all because doctors couldn't come to terms with the error they caused. And you'll come in and train? Yes, that's, that's part of the, the partnership that we set up with Stevens and Lee is to provide really complex training and, and, and to go through all the steps, including setting up what, uh, what needs to be done to, to help people after they disclose an event like that. And, and we'll even go one step further. We'll, we'll set up ways and processes to keep this culture alive, keep the program alive. Because, you know, 
medicine's a fast-paced world. You know, it's it's uh, it's constantly changing, constantly evolving. This is something you know. This program needs to be nurtured, uh, and it needs to be uh, continued, uh, and needs to keep going. And how has the AMA responded to your efforts? I haven't really got much response from the AMA, either either positive or negative. There's a lot of AMA uh, personnel, staff members who. Uh, I know have signed up for our e- our e newsletter. We have a a, new- a newsletter that goes out on a, on a weekly basis that's free. That's over the you know over the email. I know a lot of those folks have done it. But as far as an official stance, I'm not aware of it. I, I know the AMA is very very wedded to the tort reform agenda, and I I know when it comes to disclosure and apology, you know the the, the best we usually get out of them is well this is fine and this can help, but. You know, we need comprehensive tort reform. We need this and this and that. And, you know, we need to change the courts and get the lawyers and judges uh, under control. And, you know, what we say with Sorry Works is the med mal problem is a customer service crisis has been miscast as a legal problem to be fixed by politicians. The real elements of what drive lawsuits, what get people filing lawsuits, what get judges and juries upset with doctors and, and big verdicts, nothing really to do with the legal system. Everything to do with anger and poor customer service. And the way to fix this the way to fix it permanently, and the way to fix it quickly, without going to the legislature, without going to the courts, is just good customer service. Talk to any defense attorney. They'll tell you the majority of cases that come across their desk all about customer service, all about angry patients and families that were treated poorly after an adverse event. What's a model of excellent customer service that all of us would recognize? I think I think there are several models out there. You know, Disney, Ritz, Southwest Airlines. Uh, there's several. You, know, you just got to you know think of any good. You know, those are just big national companies. You know, think of you know local companies in, in your area, wherever you are from and your listeners are from. When something goes wrong, what's the good? What's the one commonality uh, of all good customer service-focused companies? They bring you closer, right? They want to. They, they draw you closer. They try to make you their best friend. What does medicine do right now when something goes wrong? Throw you out the door. Don't answer your questions. Get out of here. Break off communication. Limit the flow of information. All in the name of trying to protect themselves against a lawsuit, when in fact, the more they limit information, the more they put the clamps on the relationship, the more they drive the patient and family away, the more chances that a lawsuit's going to be filed. Southwest Airlines doesn't say, okay, you're, you're angry, get the heck off my airplane. They say, no, come, let's sit down and talk about this and let's figure out what happened. Not that they're an open checkbook. You read about them, you read about other companies. When their staff did right, when when they were in the right and the customer was in the wrong, they'll, they'll say it like that. That's one thing people need to understand about Sorry Works and disclosure and apology. We're not saying you write a check and you hand out money and you say you're sorry for everything that goes wrong in the hospital because there's plenty of times there's adverse events, but there was no mistake. You empathize over the situations, but you stand on your two feet and you defend your reputation if you're challenged under those circumstances. And how does the compensation compare to a jury award? Usually a lot less. When you look at compensation you, and, and, and dollars in, dollars out, I know a lot of medical professionals say, oh, my God, you know, we're going to talk about compensation. Oh, we can't do that. They're scared. And I've heard a lot of medical professionals say, well, MedMal is just about the damn money. All the patients want and all the lawyers want is our damn money. And it's just money, money, money. Well, who made that decision? It wasn't the patients. It wasn't the families. In many ways, it wasn't the attorneys. It was the medical providers in the hospitals when they took away apology, when they took away disclosure, when they wouldn't explain what happened. When you remove that stuff, then all there is to fight about is the damn money. So when you're denying and defending and covering up, usually you rack up a large legal bill getting to court with defense lawyers, and then if you're exposed as a fraud in court, then the judge and jury will hand your money away like it's water. You compare that to disclosure and apology, and you take the anger out of the situation, People aren't out to financially punish you. They just want to get a reasonable settlement for what was the injuries that was caused. So 
usually the settlements are a lot less. Like First Hospital did this with the Lexington, Kentucky VA. Their settlement average at the Lexington, Kentucky VA was 16000 versus the national VA average of $98,000. How can medical professionals learn more about the coalition? We have a, what we think is a pretty fantastic website, uh, www.sorryworks.net. Sorryworks.net. There's a lot of information on there. Uh, there's a free uh, e-newsletter that comes out on a weekly basis uh, that folks can sign up for. Our contact information is on there, and you, know, you call or you email, and then you get a live person responding. It's not like some of those big groups you send an email and it goes into a black hole. You know, we'll respond to you, and, and, and if you need additional information, we'll help you. We've got speakers that can go out. Obviously, we've got training and all those sorts of types of ways we can help and get information to folks. Doug Wachesek, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.